Just a reminder, our sponsor, WeAudition.com, is really this extraordinary full-service platform for actors. You can put yourself on tape. You can get an acting coach. You can even just get somebody to read with you. It's also really cheap. You sign up for like $10 a month. However, the good news is anybody who listens to our podcast gets a 25% discount by plugging in the code acting class. Uh, anyway, I suggest you try it out because it's really phenomenal. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. There was a famous producer named Liz McCann who died this week. And her obituary was in the Times. And Liz was really, God, she did some great stuff. I mean, she, she did Equus. And, you know, I mean, she did really great, great plays. So I, this was in her obituary. Ms. McCann's producing philosophy was simple. Producing is really about insisting that everybody pay attention to detail. The Titanic probably sank because nobody ordered binoculars for the crow's nest. And it hit me once again, the importance of paying attention to details. And I thought, this is so important. I mean, it's a wonderful idea that the Titanic sank because nobody was paying attention to the details and they forgot to order binoculars. But it's that kind of attention to detail that makes for good acting. Not skipping over anything. It's not letting anything go. It's really looking and saying, you know, what does this mean? Where is this headed? What is this about? And being very, very specific. I mean, it's so interesting to me. It's, it's like you just, you say, Oh, okay. Let's, let's go back. What, what new can I find in this? You know, what's new? What did I miss the last time? And of course, you always miss something, but what did I miss the last time? And then you go back and you go there again. And you find something, and it opens something up for you. So when I read that, I thought, boy, that is so true. It's just, you miss things. You miss things because you just kind of rush over them. Okay, so something I learned from working with Kareem over the weekend, there's a certain behavior, maybe it's a plot that exists, and you ask the question, what kind of person would do that? Now, here's where we have to really proceed carefully. If I told you this is the plot, there's a successful man who picks up a hooker on the street, goes to a parking lot, and is arrested while getting a blowjob from the hooker. So you have to understand where I'm guessing you go if I say, what kind of man is that? But do you know what that plot is? Do you know who that is? You all don't even remember who it is, do you? 
Hugh Grant. So, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, to me, this is such a great example. Of, I mean, he has the most beautiful wife in the world that they did, he did then. And yet, that's what he does. So, look, what this tells you is how complicated human beings are. It also tells you how much you need to become a real student of human behavior. And, and this is if my note about this is this kind of work gives depth to your choices. When we look at the questions we're asking about our characters, and look, plays don't give you much. Movies give you even less, and TV gives you nothing. <laughs> you know, he's a detective in a, in a room. Well, that's it. You know, he's interrogating. That's it. I mean, this poor actor who died, I guess, of an overdose, and everybody was talking about the depth. That, I, I never watched The Wire, but talking about the depth he brought to his characters. But, you know, if you look at the original script, there's nothing there. It's like those choices were choices that he made. And that's really the important thing. Those are the choices he made that gave this character all this depth that everyone is talking about. And so that's the reason the biggest problem is rushing. One of the problems with rushing is that you will choose a cliche. One of the problems with rushing is if I say, what kind of man picks up a hooker? on the street corner, you're going to go right to, well, he's blah, 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 whatever it is that we think that is. So this is all by way of saying, really layer in slowly and completely. And the truth is, you know more than you think you know. You know a lot about the human condition. It's just somehow or another, when we start working on a play, we don't think we do, or we don't act like we do. When we start working on a part, you leap so quickly that you don't realize how much you know. And it's, again, it is this rush. It is this rush to have a performance. It is this rush to come up with something. Because if you really think about it, it really does allow you to wander places and find things. Make sense? I mean, I really do think if we had replaced the word character with human being way back when, it might have changed things. If I'm playing a character, it sounds like I'm playing a character, and it removes me. But if I'm playing a human being, I think it, it gives me more of a sense of responsibility for something that I need to do. Hi, it's Milton. I'm thrilled to announce that the book, I Don't Need an Acting Class, loosely based on our podcast, will be coming out in November, and you can pre-order it now. I hope you enjoy it. 
the other thing, uh, by the way, that, that came up, and this just goes back specifically to the character that we've been working on uh, with Kareem. The plot is the day he becomes president of General Electric, he steps down. And Kareem and I have been working on this part forever. And in fact, I did, I did this monologue for Stella in the late seventies. So this is how long I've been working on this monologue. But the question that we finally got to over the weekend was, why did he wait to step down until he became president of the company? And so, Forever, we just sort of said, well, you know, he was really smart. He knew that if he waited until he was president, then he'd make, you know, they'd write about it in the New York Times and the political statement he was making would be more important. And we just kind of let it go because there were so damn many other things to be working on. And then finally, we got back to it over the weekend. And the truth is, I instinctively never been uh, happy with that choice, but I'd never really considered why I wasn't happy with that choice. And I realized the reason I wasn't happy with that choice, it was because of the kind of person that would wait until they were the president of the company in order to make a move. And I realized that the kind of person that would do that is way more manipulative than Quinn is. He's stepping down for a very noble reason because he suddenly realizes that the corporations are taking over and that he is a part of it. What I learned from that was that you have to know when you make a choice what kind of person would do that? And that is like a whole other level to add to when you make choices. What kind of person would do that? And if you make a choice, a behavior choice, what does that mean? And so that was the re that's how, how we suddenly had to stop ourselves and said, no, this is not great. This is not a good enough reason for him to wait until he became president. Because in waiting till he became president, it meant that he was maneuvering and he was this and, you know, and it, he was saying it was like he had this kind of creepy game plan. I think the word we used was an agenda. It was like he had an agenda. And if he had an agenda, then it undermines the nobility of why he stepped down. And so it, it made us begin to dig into, we need to find another reason why he stepped down once he became president. And by the way, you do the monologue well, will anybody know? All of these choices are not choices that anyone is going to know. But in this subtle way, it will affect the performance. There's this weird thing that happens. The audience doesn't quite buy him. 
because of a choice you made. Whereas, I think we finally came up with, and we're still playing with it, but we came up with the in the past 18 months since the event happened when he realized that his competitor and he were owned by the same financial organization, that he has been trying to figure out how to respond to it. And one day they said, oh, by the way, the board has voted and you are now the president. And so now he had no choice but to make a decision. And so that became a little, you know, it it became a little bit more understandable. And because it's Arthur Miller who thinks of himself as a moral playwright, not a political playwright, but it is political, it's huge what he was saying. I mean, this play goes back to the late 70s. And if we now think about how the corporations have taken over everything, this play was so prescient in terms of what was going to happen. And it gave him, once we made this decision, it gave him a struggle, which is what makes it interesting. It gave him things going on. And I think that's really important. I think giving your your character a struggle is important. I think it's a excellent, I mean, I think it's a really good element to add, whether it's Roy Cohn or Ted Quinn. The struggle is what makes a human being good theater. It's the reason I don't like plays or movies or whatever with therapists because it's like you watch the character working it out with a therapist which is different than watching a character work it out in the context of their world which is to me what's interesting I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music provided by Jeffrey Keezer Trio, May This Be Love, from their album On My Way to You. Uh, if you have a question for Milton, please feel free to send your email to questionsformilton at gmail.com. That's questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you back here next week. 